Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We have a little bit of breaking news, and this is terrible news for Minnesota Wild fans. The Wild has been struggling with so many injuries this season. Uh, But just within the last couple minutes, Bill Guerin announced that Jared Spurgeon is out for the rest of the season. He's scheduled to have left hip surgery on February 6th. Then he'll have back surgery four weeks later. He's expected to be fully recovered before the start of training camp in September. But Spurgeon out for the rest of the season. So that is the update that just came in. We'll uh, update you as we learn more. But uh, that is bad news. Season-ending hip and back surgery. Tough stuff. So now uh, the Wild have just been struggling hardcore. It's been a tough season to be a hockey fan in Minnesota for sure. It's 410. It's time for DeRussia Eats. Our guest today has a personal story that is so compelling. It's almost astonishing that it's real. Soleil Ramirez is with us. She is the chef and owner of Krosky in St. Paul. Soleil, it's so great to have you here. Hi, Jason. Thank you so much for having me. I want you to start, and I've I've tasted your food many times from when you were working at the Lexington to yeah. when you had your uh, place, Arepa Bar, in Midtown Global Market. Tell tell our listeners your personal story because it is it is amazing. You were born in Caracas. Yes, I am from Caracas, Venezuela. I came to United States in 2016 in September. It wasn't this cold yet. <laughs> I remember. Um, so I didn't know what I was doing here until uh, the first winter arrived. Um, so I'm a political refugee. It's not a secret for anybody how Venezuela has been struggling for the last 24 years. So I came here looking for you I mean, know, you, a new you, life. We know that it's been difficult. Yeah. But you faced it in a way that I think most of us can't even imagine. Yeah, I own a little restaurant in Venezuela, in Chacaito, actually, was the name of the neighborhood there. And um, I was kidnapped. And the government over there just can't take anything from you. And don't even, you know, they call it expropriation. So they just take your business, they take your bank accounts. They take everything you are and they break you and or you escape or you die. So I escaped. You escaped being yeah. kidnapped by, by a militia. Yep. Just absolute violence, right? Yes. And then you come here mm-hmm. and you're able to, to make a make a start. How how were you able how were you, were you able to even make a start here in the Twin Cities? So I came to Minnesota because my aunt has been here for over 20 years. I have a cousin here, too. So they were like... a lot of refugees. You you knew someone here. Yeah, exactly. And actually, I'm in Minnesota just because when I arrived to the United States, I came through um, Miami airport. One of my cousins, the rest of my family lives in Miami. So they received me in the airport and my cousin told me, you are not staying here. You are going directly to Minnesota, Tina. 
my aunt. Oh. She bought you a ticket and you're leaving tonight. I was like, where am I going? Wow. But So wow. I came, yes, with seven change of clothes and $300 in my pocket. And I spent a couple months with them and I started to work in October at Craftman. Right now, that restaurant is called The Bungalow. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I work there on the. Mike, Mike Phillips at Craftsman or, or who Mike is? Mike Pavlova, yeah. Yeah. So I work for him probably three months. They sold the restaurant. Right. And then I move and I start to work with uh, Jonathan Hunt at Alvento. Sure. And working at Alvento, I receive a call from the first CDC at the Lexington. His name was Troy something. I don't remember his last name. And um, when I went to my interview and I opened the door, the person who opened the door was Mike Ewan. Uh, huh. Mike worked with me at Craftman, uh, and I was like, what are you doing here? I was like, I told him to call you. You need to work here with me. So they convinced me. So I left Jonathan Hunt and Alvento, and I started to work at the Lexington like three days after they opened in 2017. So that Ramirez is here. Kroski is her restaurant. And your work ethic in that story of of coming here with $300 and getting right down to it mm-hmm. is, it's amazing. Do you look at your life now and the fact that you have your own restaurant and you have your own catering? Are, are I mean, do you pinch yourself? How do you react to that? <laughs> I mean, it's sort of amazing. I'm really very, um, very hard on myself. A lot of my friends and actually my mom always tell me like, do you celebrate something or do you just keep going? I just keep going. I'm not that person. Like, I'm very hard on myself, really. I sometimes I don't, I sit like by myself sometimes at the restaurant. I look around me and I said, wow, yeah, this is mine. I cannot believe. And I start to cry, you know, right. because it's, it's <laughs> unbelievable. Um, I'm very, very happy of all the things I accomplished in the, you know, in the seven years I've been here. Soleil Ramirez is here. Kraski, C-R-A-S-Q-U-I, Venezuelan food. You're cooking the food of your home country. Yes. Uh, tell us tell us sort of what, well, first of all, describe what Venezuelan food tastes like. Yeah, so Venezuelan, it's the biggest influence we have. It's from Spain. Uh, so our food is very European style. We have a lot of Italian and Portuguese influence too, and a lot of African influence, you know, for all the... Uh, conquest like all the people who came to Venezuela many many years ago so uh, our food is not spicy we don't produce a lot of you know chilies yeah. like example Mexico so do it's people like think a, it is do our you know oh yeah people think any <laughs> Latin, Latin food, food yes. is hot yeah it's not we use a lot of spices because that comes from the Mediterranean diet you know but we our food is not spicy maybe spicy from black pepper because yeah. we use a lot of black pepper. Yeah, if you're um, feeding my mother-in-law, like yeah. it's going to be spicy. <laughs> but <laughs> it's not, you know, we don't use chilies. Uh, it's just like a lot of uh, kind of maybe weird combinations for a lot of Minnesotans because we use cane sugar with mango and cane sugar with, uh, you know, seafood or like sweet and sour kind of situation. Um, we have like a lot of layers of flavors in our food. I li- I think that's a good way to describe it yeah. for people. The layers, because you'll have you'll have like a sauce and then a protein and then maybe a, a fruit yeah. chutney. Mm-hmm. So you have really explosive flavor is sort of what you're known for. Yes, and actually, the first restaurant it's known in the story of Venezuela was a French restaurant. Huh. So. 
the gastronomy in Venezuela started to grow very orientated to French cuisine and French techniques. So when you go and you see one of my recipes, it's like three different things. Like you first boil, then you uh, put it in the oven, and then you sear it, you know. So it's like a very long process, all the recipes we have at the restaurant uh, go through because that is how we learn to cook like fine dining cuisine, like just following all the French techniques they left in Venezuela since they opened the first restaurant there. So it's, yeah, it takes very long time and a lot of passion to to do it right. Kroski is in St. Paul. Yes. And your the first restaurant you ran was in Midtown Global Market mm-hmm. in Minneapolis. Yes. Obviously, uh, that is on Lake Street and has had uh, its challenges after the riots, after the murder of George Floyd. Yes. Uh, and when you decided uh, a rape bar that it was time to move on from there. Yeah, we're actually closing at the end of this month. Uh, it was a very hard decision for me because I love the idea of the market and, you know, the family I've been creating there for the last three years. But it's time for Arepa Bar to transition to what it's worth it, you know. So we are becoming uh, online at a ghost kitchen yeah. and a catering business uh, starting in March 1st. Uh, and safety was some of your concern. Yes, Among, 100%. like, there are other issues yeah. with kind of the recovery. I think sometimes when people talk about Lake Street coming back, they see like some of the new buildings that have risen. And I think sometimes they forget about the market, that the market is on Lake Street. There's still like there's still a lot of businesses trying to make it in there that needs. And support. actually, all of us, we were trying, you know, to work very, very hard to keep everything together, to keep a safe environment for the families to come and enjoy like sure. food from every part of the world, because that is what Meetong Global Market offers. But I don't know what is up. Uh, Know everybody, but a lot of people think when they go to Meat and Global Market, they need to eat for $10. Uh, and uh, at this point, cooking everything from scratch, bringing the 80% of my ingredients out of town or out of the country, it's not allowing me to, you know, make the money we need to pay my team, to pay the bills, to pay a lot of things because my cuisine is not cheap. Yeah. If I want to do it right and respect the flavors, I need to go for the, you know, the 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 way I learn and the way I love to do it. I'm not going to put my quality down because of that. Do you think because it's Latin, people think it should be a $3 street? 100%. Taco? Yes. I don't I like I think every Latin chef in this town faces that same oh, yeah. challenge. Yep. Well, a lot of I mean a lot of Asian chefs as well. I don't know why the people really believe because it's Latin food or Asian food is cheaper. Hmm. You actually can go to supermarkets and find Asian products. Go to supermarkets and try to find Venezuelan cheese. I bring the cheese from Texas or uh, Miami. I pay a shipping every week. I spend almost $22 a pound in Venezuelan cheese. So whoever eats in what's, Arepa Bar. What's, what's wrong with our cheese? So no, the what, thing what, is, what, what you, nothing no, I know, is wrong. I just get it. I just get it. But it is, those Venezuelan are. Venezuelan cheese is non-pasteurized. It's completely fresh. And it's illegal to make non-pasteurized cheese in Minnesota. So you can't create that. I cannot yeah. do it. So but I that, So people that. understand that's some of the stuff that goes into, into the cost. Yeah, of course. But, yeah. you know, why this costs $20? Why it doesn't cost $12? Because this is just a pancake with cheese. Well, yeah, that cheese costs $22 a pound. You want real catapas? 
this is how they are made. This is our, you know, they are going to taste. You want true flavors? You need to pay for it, unfortunately, because here you are not going to find any of the ingredients. The dough I use for the arepas, that dough comes from Venezuela, you know? Right. So the company pay, just produced here in Texas. Uh, when you have a shortage of that, everybody, like huh. a lot of restaurants who's been using harina panas, their dough for the arepas, or a lot of Mexican restaurants are being using that for tortillas too. So, and the, the yeah. pupuserias and all that, when you have a shortage of that, it's like now how, what I'm going to use because the flavor is not the same. The corn doesn't taste the same. The restaurant is called Kraski. It is Venezuelan. It is from the heart and soul of Chef Soleil Ramirez, who's with us here on Russia Eats. When we come back, we'll ask her some of our this or that questions where you have to pick a side. We'll do Oosh. that in a minute and get your recommendations of okay, a couple of restaurants you love around town. 421 Russia Eats, back with Soleil Ramirez in a minute on CCO. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Soleil Ramirez, Krosky is the name of the restaurant. Tell us where you are. You're in St. Paul, but you're on uh, the other side of the Mississippi River. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> we are not actually in downtown, but a kind of. You're so, so close. Yeah. You just crossed the Wabasha Bridge yeah. south, and we are right there, the first building to the left. And we have free parking. Uh, I fell in love with the windows, so that was lots the perfect window. location. It's like a cool new apartment building right yep. over there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of yes. that part of town. You got a great view of downtown. You're sort of yes. by, uh, not too far from Harriet Island, right? Oh, it's right. We are actually that building is connected to the island. Oh, the got Harriet it. Island, yeah. All right, right on Wabasha Street. Mm-hmm. So go check, check it out. First time people come, maybe they've never had Venezuelan food before. Uh, you do brunch. On Sunday. Yes. And then dinner Tuesday through Sunday. Yes. What should they order? So um, all the plates on the menu represent a story of a memory, like a very personal memory for me. One of the biggest recommendations always would be the pork chop. Uh, the name of the plate, it's Memorias de Tabay. Uh, that dish represents a trip I had with my family when I was seven years old, and we went to the Andes, the mountains, mm. and we ate pork with mora. Mora is a South American blackberry and fondant potatoes. Uh. So that is the dish, and that it's been one of the best sellers since we opened. That is probably, right now it's like, you know, it's colder, so that dish is like the most, the most comforting we have. And the sea bass. Oh. It's in a bed of mango chutney with lime zest and a little salad with uh, South American shrimp. So all the seafood we use in the restaurant is from South America. Seafood is, I, I think people don't realize how much seafood is a part of the cuisine in yeah, South America. Yeah, it's in the restaurant, probably the 70% of the menu, it's fish. or it's fish. Like, it's seafood. Yeah. Yes. Do you think people should eat more fish? Yes, Actually, yeah. yes. And um, I, I always fish. I always try to explain, like, depends of where the fish comes from, the fish mm. tastes different. So yeah. the sea bass we have in, at the restaurant is from Chile. 
So because of the ocean is different, the fish, it's more fatty. So when you put it on top of uh, a mango chutney, I mean, that acidity of, you know, the chutney just cut beautifully on the fat of the fish. So it's, mm. it's very, very good. And actually, the shrimp is sweeter because it comes from Argentina. So, so Leigh Ramirez is here, Krosky. Am I saying it right? You yes, say it. Yes. I do my best. No, it's good. You're doing great. <laughs> C-R-A-S-Q-U-I is the name of the restaurant. It's time to uh, pick a side. Are you ready? These are food-related. Okay. You have to pick one side or the other. Steak or sushi? Steak. Potato chips or french fries? French fries. Corn dog or pronto pub? Oosh. So state pronto fair. Pronto pub. That is the correct answer. Your kitchen at home. Organized chaos or sparkling clean? Sparkling clean. Hard shell or soft shell taco? Hard shell. Uh, wine or cocktail? Wine. Cat or dog? Dog. Oh, do you have a dog? She passed away three oh. years ago, but yeah. Now I'm, I'm a just dog pick, take it already. I made you talk about <laughs> fleeing from being kidnapped, it's and okay. then I bring up your dead dog. Nah, it's okay. It's okay. She was very old, so it's okay. Three restaurants that you love, that you want to recommend for folks. First, I fell in love with this restaurant a long time ago, Jones on the Park. Oh, so I good. I love those ladies. Yes. And it's a, girl, it's a girl restaurant. It's beautiful. All the details. I, I, love, I love what they do there. And I think they don't have the enough recognition Agreed. that they really deserve. Um, Kinako. It's ah, yeah. my friend Kike. He actually have the only Pisco bar in town. And the only certified um, Nikkei restaurant in the Midwest. Uh, it's 100% traditional Peruvian food. I love Right in downtown Hopkins. That is it's Hopkins, K yes. apostrophe K-I-N-A-C-O. Yes. Kinaco. Probably that is my favorite restaurant oh, today. Right. Yeah, I recommend it. Like Hopkins is sort 100%. of blowing up. Yes. And, and it's amazing. Guys, nice. you, you, you need to go on. All right. That. One more. <sighs> Oro. Mm. I love Gustavo and I love what they do. There, it's so much love and effort in everything. Yeah. Gustavo and his team. It's uh, been fun do. seeing him get the love because that guy has been such it's, a wonderful chef for amazing, a long time. Yeah. He's a very good friend of mine, and we had uh, many events before, like, together. Um, nice. And it's, it's, it's amazing. I love it. So, Leah, it was such a pleasure having you Thank in. You, Jason. I can't wait to get over to Krosky. Yes, please. You need to come soon. I know. I'm in trouble. I, <laughs> yes, you I, are. <laughs> <laughs> it's 4.30. That's to Russia Eats. We thank the Minnesota Pork Board for their success. We'll do traffic and weather next. And then debates. Is it time to just be over it? No more presidential debates. Have they outlived their purpose? Or do you, do you want to see some debate? I, get, I don't care. I don't want to see any more debates. I'm over it. We'll talk about it next. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.